0: Thanks for that. <laughs> thank you, Bob. Uh, thank you, church. I am so grateful and, and uh, love you so much. Um, and uh, 42 today, so just like, just one of those boring birthdays. Not 40, not, you know, just, but uh, grateful for another year. Grateful to be able to serve the Lord with this church body and with the, the staff and leadership team um, that God has given us here Got to spend some time yesterday morning with our deacons, uh, talking about all that God is doing, and where he's leading, in the days ahead for our church family, and that was an encouraging time together. So grateful for those men, grateful for our team, and um, grateful for you, church. So we'll continue our series today, uh, The Heart of Christ, as we look at um, who Jesus Christ is as he reveals himself to us through revealing his heart to us. Uh, but today, um, as we as we get going, I, I want to give us a little exercise to warm up, okay? So we're, we're talking about opposites today. There's a passage of Scripture that we're going to look at, a familiar passage of Scripture that sets up this statement, and, and, it, and it says that God's ways are not our ways. You've heard this before, right? As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are God's ways higher than our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And so it sets up this kind of idea that our thoughts and God's thoughts, our ways and God's ways are are miles apart. They're different. And so I want you to think of things that are different, okay? Things that are opposite. And so we're gonna warm up and we're just gonna kind of get our minds thinking. So I'm gonna say a word and then I want you to call out the opposite, okay? And we're all gonna just say it out loud together. So... Hopefully you get it right and you you know you don't say the wrong thing and everybody else says the right thing. But this one's easy, okay? Here, here's a here's just a warm up. Tall or short? See that was good. That was good. You did good. Okay, ready? This is an easy one. Hot. <clears throat> Evidently puberty still happens at forty-two. I, yeah. <clears throat> okay. Hot or cold? Good. Okay this one is a little more challenging right or I I heard left and I heard wrong (laughs) judges will accept either answer Um, okay this is a little more subjective but cat or dog what somebody said something different really the point of that one, I I wanted to show you a picture of our new dog this is the newest member of the Janney family see this is Toby. Uh, this was kind of a Christmas gift, kind of, kind of a Christmas obligation, but no. So, so we got a dog. So be praying for us. We're, we're new to dog life uh, as, as the Janny family. So cat or dog. Okay, here's the next word, and you can take Toby off the screen. Wet or dry. Okay. Positive or negative. Night or Okay. This this one's a little challenging too. We'll see how we do. Sunny or rainy, cloudy, you know. So we're going to be looking at this statement in scripture that sets up this idea that God's thoughts, that God's ways are as different from our thoughts and our ways as night is different from day, as hot is different from cold, as negative is different from positive, as... Left is different from right or wrong and right. We're going to be looking at who God is and how he reveals himself to us through scripture this morning. But speaking of opposites, it is Valentine's Day and some of you married somebody who is the total opposite of you. And for some of you, it's working great. For some of you, there are some challenging days. Now, I want to let you know some good news. Uh, The end of February, February 28th, we're going to be starting a new series called Family Foundation. We're going to be looking at uh, some biblical principles to help us have Christ-centered homes, marriages, parenting. And uh, we're going to be looking at what God's Word has to say about building a solid foundation for our families. And so I'm excited about that. We'll start that in just a couple weeks. So join us for that. Sarah told you in the announcement video a little bit earlier that we've got a date night planned. Uh, Our children's ministry team will be putting on a date night. I think it's the first uh, weekend of March. So husbands, if you forgot to plan something for Valentine's Day, you can just say, Hey, I I planned it for the first weekend of March and I've got the babysitting covered already. Actually, if you do that, um, I, I make no promises how that will go. Uh, But anyway, we we, we do want to uh, give you an opportunity for for a date night, and so we'll take care of the kids the first weekend of March and uh, join us for that. Well, God's ways are not our ways. You've probably heard this passage before. It comes out of Isaiah chapter 55 and just says, God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so God's ways are higher than our ways, and If you've heard this before, you've probably heard it in context to some difficult season in life. Maybe you're facing a difficulty and you share it with somebody and they say, well, you know, God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Maybe you have a question about God's word or a question about faith, something that doesn't seem to make sense to you. And and the quick response usually is, well, you know, God's ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. Most of the time, when I've heard this passage used, that's, that's kind of in the context. Some, some difficulty or some question or something that we don't understand when we question the providence of God, when we question his leading, when we question what he has allowed in our lives, the quick answer is, well, you know, God's ways are not our ways, and his thoughts are not our thoughts. And, of course, that is true. And there are things that we don't understand this side of eternity, and we trust that God is a good God who knows what's best and wants what's best, and is working all things together for our good. And so, absolutely, that is true. However, I want us to see this morning that the context of this scripture, uh, the the what what the prophet Isaiah is trying to tell us in Isaiah chapter fifty-five is not just. That sometimes God allows things that are difficult and we just have to trust him. That's not what this passage is about. It's, it's something deeper than that or, or maybe not deeper, but, it, but it's something different than just um, not understanding the will or the providence of God. It, it's something that we need to come to understand as we have uh, been studying this series on the heart of Christ... It's something that I hope that we are coming to understand more and more. Just really quick, let's read the passage out of Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, where uh, that's the key text for our series on the heart of Christ. Here's what it says, Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28. We sang it this morning, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you Rest, the scripture says. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. In this passage, Jesus reveals his heart for us and to us. He is gentle and lowly in heart. He tells us, you will find rest for your souls. And verse 30 says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We've been looking at the heart of Jesus Christ. If we want to know Jesus better, we need to understand his heart for us. Because the heart reveals the deepest reality of who someone is. And Jesus reveals that his heart for us is gentle and lowly. Now, the reason this is so important, and the theme for this sermon series is is understanding the heart of Christ. The reason it matters so much for us is because we transfer our thoughts and our fears, our frustrations and our hesitancies onto Jesus... And we assume he thinks and feels about us the way we think and feel about other people. We take all of those frustrations, all of those things that we struggle with in our relationships with other people, and we assume that Jesus must feel the same way about us. But he's revealing something different to us through Scripture, through Matthew 11 through the passages that we've looked at for the last few weeks. Next week will be our final message in this series. But today we're going to look at Isaiah chapter 55. We're going to look at verses 6 through 9. We're going to start with verse 6 and 7, which set up the thing that Isaiah is trying to tell us. And then we're going to look at verses 8 and 9. That's, that's the passage, God's thoughts are not our thoughts, his ways are not our ways. And we're going to see exactly what it is that Isaiah is saying is different about God's thoughts and our thoughts, his ways and our ways. So let me pray and then we'll get into the message this morning. Lord, we love you. Lord, we have sung about your love this morning. God, today we celebrate love, Valentine's Day, all over the world. And we'll spend billions of dollars on balloons and flowers and chocolates and CVS stuffed animals uh, to somehow express love. But God, you demonstrated and expressed your love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, running far from you, you sent Jesus Christ to give his life for us. So Jesus said, greater love has no one than this, than a man would lay down his life for his friends. And so, Lord, as we seek to understand your heart, to understand your love this morning, I pray that you would give us ears to hear. Lord, that we would understand the height and the depth and the richness of your love. Speak to us through your living word this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So here's what Isaiah chapter 55 verses 6 through 7 say. Verse 6 says this, seek the Lord while he may be found, call to him while he is near. Now this is similar to what we read in Matthew chapter 11:28, 28, where Jesus says, come to me, come to me, come to me. Here the prophet is writing to us and he says, seek the Lord, seek the Lord, turn to the Lord, go to The Lord, while he may be found, call to him while he is near. Verse 7 says, Let the wicked one abandon his way, and the sinful one his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, so that he, the Lord, may have compassion on him, and to our God, who will freely forgive. Seek the Lord. Call to him. So that he may have compassion and so that he can freely forgive. Here's the picture that Isaiah is giving us in Isaiah chapter 55. He's writing to God's people who have turned their back on God over and over and over and over and over over again. And he says to them one more time, people of God, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Call on him. Turn from your wickedness. And when you do, the Lord will have compassion on you and he will freely forgive. In the Hebrew scripture, Isaiah is written. It's part of the Old Testament. The Old Testament was primarily written in the Hebrew language. It's the language of the nation of Israel, God's chosen people in the Old Testament. And in the Hebrew language, uh, there's there's a tool used in writing called parallelism. It's two similar thoughts given side by side to emphasize the point. It, it's kind of like, we would call it redundancy. You, you've kind of said the same thing twice. And the reason for this is because that Isaiah really wanted to emphasize the point that he was making. And so he, he expresses it twice. First, he says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Then he says, call to him while he is near." He's twice giving us this picture of turning to the Lord, seeking to the Lord, calling out to the Lord. Then he says, let the wicked one abandon his wickedness and let him return to the Lord. Again, this parallel picture. He, he, He repeats himself. Let him abandon his wickedness. Let him turn to the Lord. And then this next parallel passage so that the Lord will have compassion on him and freely forgive. He's emphasizing this point that if we will seek to the Lord, seek the Lord, call to the Lord, abandon our wickedness, turn to him, then he will have compassion and he will freely forgive. The first statement is that he will have compassion on us. Few weeks ago in this series on the heart of Christ, we looked at the compassion of Christ. That is Jesus Christ's heart in action. His love for us propels him, compels him to action on our behalf. Ultimately, it compelled him to the cross where he would give his life as a ransom for many. It's the compassion of Christ. And Isaiah tells us that God will have compassion on us. He is moved for us and toward us. He also tells us that he will freely forgive. And I, I love, he, he kind of uses the first statement, God will have compassion. And then this next statement that he will freely forgive, it becomes a little more descriptive. He uses the term freely The adjective to, or I guess it's an adverb, right? Because forgive is a verb. And so any English teachers out here, sorry, I got that wrong. The adverb freely to describe the verb forgive. How will he forgive? He will forgive freely. The King James Bible, that phrase is translated, he will abundantly pardon. I love that word abundantly, abundantly Over and abundantly. In scripture we we see Jesus say, Give and it will come back to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It's this picture of abundance. In Psalm 23, David writes, Surely his goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell. Before he says that part, he says, My cup overflows. My cup overflows. Ephesians chapter 3 says God can do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Abundance. This verse says that he will abundantly pardon. How will he pardon? How will he forgive? Abundantly, overwhelmingly, freely, not hesitantly, but abundantly. By the way, who is it? that will receive this free forgiveness? The wicked and the sinful. Who will come to him? Those who come to him. Who does he call to come to him? The wicked and the sinful. And he will freely forgive, abundantly pardon, have compassion on. So this is what Isaiah is talking about. This is the picture he's giving us. This picture of compassion and forgiveness in verses six and seven, and then verses eight and nine is where he says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. This is the Lord's declaration for as heaven is higher than earth. So my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. This statement about God's ways being different from our ways, as different as night and day, as different as hot and cold, is not just a statement about God's will and providence. It is a statement about God's forgiveness and compassion. So the next time you hear that little phrase, God's ways are not our ways, you can just say, praise the Lord. (laughs) Because he abundantly pardons, even when I don't want to. He freely forgives even when I give people the cold shoulder. He has compassion even when I look at people with a judgmental glance. His ways are not like our ways. His thoughts are not like our thoughts. As high as heaven is above the earth, so are his ways higher than our ways because he is a compassionate father who freely forgives and abundantly pardons. It's what this passage is talking about. It's it's the declaration that Isaiah is making to us and for us. It's about God's compassion. So it says his thoughts are not like our thoughts. So, So what are our thoughts like? Well, they don't deserve my forgiveness. They need to prove they're serious first before I will forgive them, right? I'll forgive, but I won't forget. They haven't begged enough. I need to see a little more groveling before I'll finally extend my scepter and forgive them. His thoughts are not like our thoughts. If we're being honest, we often think things like that. And because of our fallen state, we just assume that that's how God feels about us as well. And even if he doesn't feel that way about us, that's how he feels about other people. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. What are our ways? Well, sometimes it's the cold shoulder. Sometimes it's the silent treatment. Some of y'all know about the silent treatment. If the silent treatment doesn't work, then you move to the heavy sigh And if they still don't know, you're giving them the silent treatment. Then you have to move to the really loud treatment. (laughs) Right? His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. He abundantly pardons. He freely forgives. The heart of Christ is gentle and lowly toward us. His heart is not hesitant. His heart is not giving us the silent treatment or the cold shoulder. He abundantly pardons those who turn to him. This little phrase, as high as the heavens are above the earth, is used one other time in Scripture. In in Isaiah 55, Isaiah says, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are God's ways higher than our ways, his thoughts than our thoughts. But there's one other place in Scripture where this little phrase is used, as high as the heavens are above the earth. It occurs in Psalm 103. And so, again, this kind of parallelism, these parallel statements, let me tell you what David writes in Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Verse 11, he says, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his faithful love toward those who fear him. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his faithful love toward those who fear him. We think about God's ways being higher than our ways, his thoughts being higher than our thoughts. We understand this morning that it's about how he forgives and shows compassion, but also how he loves us. And so I'm grateful this morning that we were able to sing about his love. Hey, um, can you pull up the second verse of... um, What's the second song we sing? How deep the Father's love for us, verse two. Verse two of how deep the Father's love for us. Parents, night out, don't forget. Listen, I'm just gonna read these words. And as I read these words, I want you to reflect on these words. As we were singing this song this morning, the words to this verse overwhelmed my heart. Behold the man upon a cross, my sin upon his shoulders. Ashamed, I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was my sin that held him there. Until it was accomplished, his dying breath has bought me life. I know that it is finished. How marvelous, how wonderful. It's the Savior's love for me. His ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts. He has compassion and he freely forgives and as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his faithful love for those who fear him, who turn to him and you might say okay, that's all really nice but how does that help me? How does that help me be a better Christian? How does that help me be a better dad? How does that help me be a better mom? How does that help me at my job this week? Well, the Apostle Paul, in his writing to the church at Ephesus, believed that our understanding of the love of God was pivotal in our spiritual growth. He taught the church at Ephesus that that, that if they did not understand the love of God, that they could not experience the fullness of God in their life. And so he wrote this in Ephesians chapter three, starting in verse 17. His prayer for them is that they would be rooted and firmly established in love and that they would be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width height and depth of God's love and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge as high as the heavens are above the earth. So were his thoughts, his knowledge above ours. That they would know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge and then this is the important part so that You may be filled with all the fullness of God. So that, so that, so that, in order that. In order for you to be filled with all the fullness of God, you must know his love. You must understand his love. You must experience the depth of his love. You must come to be overwhelmed by his love. You must be amazed by his love. It's not an abstraction, It's not optional, it's not touchy-feely, it's not mushy, it is foundational. It is foundational to spiritual growth. It is foundational to experiencing the fullness of God in our lives. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And that's not just something that you say when somebody doesn't understand what God is allowing. The good news is that when we don't understand, we don't just have a God who is sovereign and wise. That's good to know. But we also have a God who is compassionate and forgiving. And that's better to know. He is sovereign and wise. He does know what's best. And he has the power to pull it off. But he also wants what's best for us. He also has compassion on us. As Michael did such a great job teaching us last week, he also weeps with us in those moments when we don't understand, when we have a bad doctor's visit, when a relationship falls apart, when one of our children is far from God. He wants what's best, he knows what's best, but he also has compassion. And when we come to understand the height and the depth and the width, the breadth of his love, then we will begin to experience the fullness of God in our lives. And so God's love is foundational to be a better coworker, to be a better husband, to be a better wife, to be a better mom or dad, to be a better Parent, child, boss, employee, friend, to be more bold in our proclamation of the gospel, in order to rightly stand for truth, in order to live a life of purity and holiness, in order to exercise our spiritual gifts. In order to rightly understand God's word, we must understand God's love. So this morning, Isaiah chapter 55 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call to him while he is near. Let the wicked one abandon his way. The sinful one, his thoughts, let him return to the Lord so that he may have compassion on him and to our God for he will freely forgive. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. This is the Lord's declaration. For as heaven is higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And Psalm 103 says, and my love higher than your love. So this morning, my application for you is to seek the Lord. To call to him. To come to him. To turn to him. That's not just something that we do at the moment of salvation. On that day when we give our life to Jesus Christ, when we call on him as Savior. That's something that we do moment by moment, every day. We have to come to him. We have to turn to him. For fresh mercy, because the book of Lamentations tells us his mercy is new every morning. That must mean that we need his mercy every day. (laughs) So, I don't know what God is trying to teach you this morning through his word. Maybe there is some area of sin in your life that you just won't let go of. And maybe you've gotten to a point where you feel like even if you did, God could surely not forgive you or restore you, you're just stuck with this Addiction, this habit, this bitterness, this hurt, this pain, this unforgiveness. Today, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call to him. Today, maybe, because you don't understand the depth of God's love... There are other people who you are not loving the way he has called you to love them. There is unforgiveness in your life. There is a pride in your life. Maybe the application for you today is to understand the love of God so that you can Extend that love to others. Maybe there's some of you who are looking for some kind of, um, you know, three easy steps to spiritual growth. If you just read this book and you know watch this podcast and get up at this time of day, then boom, you'll 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 have it. That would be like. It's Valentine's Day, right? That would be like saying, okay, for Valentine's Day, if I so if I get the flowers and if I make a reservation and if I just, you know, make sure I help unload the dishwasher, then we we'll, we're gonna have a great marriage. That's all there is to it. That's all I ever need to do. Just do those three quick things. I mean those are good, don't get me wrong. those three little steps don't make a great marriage. And sometimes we treat our spiritual life that way. Just cross these three boxes and then it's over. But I hope what you're learning in this series about the heart of Christ is that we're called into a relationship with a God who wants to have a relationship with us, who, who loves us and who desires for us to know him, to seek him, to come to him. And that means understanding the depth of his love. And maybe there's some of you who are really objective people and you just, just the facts. And the subjective, mushy stuff, you don't, you don't like that. I'm sorry, that's just part of relationships. We need, to, God's word is truth. Everything in this book is true. We can build our life on this foundation of God's truth. But you know who built their life On a foundation of just truth, they were Pharisees. And they did everything just right. They followed all the law and they crossed it off. But Jesus said, you guys are following the law, but you don't get it. You don't understand. So maybe there's some of you this morning, you need to know the love of God. To walk in, to live in, to experience the love of God. instead of just kind of a paint-by-numbers spirituality. So whatever it is that God is speaking to you this morning through his word, I pray that you would respond. So why don't you stand up with me? Lord, we love you. First John makes it really clear that we only love you because you first loved us. Even the ability to love you is a gift from you. And Lord, your love is not just a, a feeling, your love is a truth. Your love is foundational. And Lord, we don't get to just interpret your love any way we want to, we must interpret your love through your word. And this morning, your word says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call to him while he is near. Then it says, let the wicked one abandon his sinfulness and let him turn to God so that he will abundantly pardon, have compassion on, freely forgive. So this morning, Lord, wherever we find ourselves before you, maybe there is a sin in our life. You call us this morning to abandon that, to turn to you and to your love. Lord, maybe, maybe we're trying to have a relationship with you without having a relationship with you. <laughs> we just want your power and your stuff, but we don't really want you. So, Lord, forgive us for that selfishness and pride and help us to turn to you this morning, not just what you have for us. Lord, maybe there's some in here this morning who are so overwhelmed by the weight of their sin that they don't want to turn to you because they're afraid of how you might respond. So, Lord, we thank you today that your thoughts are not like our thoughts your ways are not like our ways. So Lord, because of your love, give us the confidence to turn to you. Lord, we love you this morning. Thank you for your love for us in Jesus name. Amen. We're going to sing a song of response. And as we sing, I invite you to to respond. Maybe you want to come forward and pray this morning. Maybe you want to pray right where you're at today. Maybe you want to pray with someone. And if you come down here, I would love to pray with you. And there are others who would be willing to come pray with you. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ as Savior. We sang it. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not." perish, but have everlasting life. That is salvation. Jesus came to save us and we can put our faith in him and he will make us new. So as we sing, if God is moving in your heart to respond, I invite you to do that. Let's sing about his love this morning.